Welcome to the South Metro Ministries podcast. Here's this week's message from Pastor Alan Matura. Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and my burden, or the burden I give you, is light. Would you pray for me just 10 seconds? Won't tarry long. Reach your hands this way. Would you ask God me to, to, to help me, to help you? And then we help each other. Would you do so even now? Father, I'm sensitive of the time, but this is your time with us and ours with you. Come on, pray. I receive the prayers of the church for you to strengthen and renew my mind and body. Thank you for the powerful first service. And now I just need a fresh anointing and they need a fresh anointing. And Father, I just pray that you give me clarity of thought and speech. And, and I pray that your words would find a place in our hearts and our minds, our hearing. I, I pray that you, you are the teacher. I'm just the vessel. Fill us all up with you, Lord. For then we'll find rest in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. And you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I, I want to speak to you about quieting the noise in your soul. A theme that perhaps I'll follow through for a little while. The last time I spoke prior to going on vacation, I spoke to you on the subject of victory over worry, a secured mind. You might want to get that CD, not because of me or our desire to make money from it, but because of the message and the Word of God. This morning I want to talk to you about quieting the noise in your soul. Have you ever stood alongside a slowly flowing river or a calm pond or lake and taken a small rock or pebble and thrown it into that tranquil surface of the water? If you have, then you saw concentric circles of waves move away from the place where the stone entered the water. Noise is in the physical realm similar to the waves that come off the surface of the lake when a rock is thrown in except that noise waves are invisible. And so, I want to begin by, by telling you what noise is, and I won't tarry there long, but noise is produced by creating disturbance. Noise in the physical realm consists of waves that travels... Of course, far and wide depends on the size of the building or the kind of amplification outdoors, however. Moving into our new sanctuary, as we have only for a few weeks, we have tried our best to cause our sound system 
to not be noisy to you, the worship, the praise, the preaching, because we're in a larger building, higher ceilings, and walls from which the noise can bounce in all directions. And our media guys, our techs and others are studying ways that we can not make your worship noisy or distracting. And I'm learning some acoustical terms and cost that we're still working on so that those sound waves will not be disturbing to you. Noise in the soul, however, does not consist of waves, but of thoughts. Can you say amen to that? If you take notes, you, you, you need to understand this and write it down perhaps. If we are going to quiet the noise in our souls, we will have to examine our thoughts. Most people can immediately tell you how they feel about something, but they're not very aware of their thoughts. Again, get, get this. If we're going to have quiet the noise in our souls, we'll have to track our thinking and not just our feelings. Give me an amen. And when we track our thinking and our thoughts, then we must evaluate those thoughts against the Word of God. Where our thoughts are wrong, we must repent of them and replace them with thoughts that honor God. We must know what is the right kind of thought and what is the wrong kind of thought. And the best place I know to find out what the right way to think is so that we quiet the noise in our soul is no other place than the Word of God. So I begin again with this question. What does noise in the soul sound like? Jesus gave us some clues about noise in the soul and what it sounds like from our text. In these verses, we find an example, a prototype of peace. Because this passage, Matthew 11, 28 to 30, this passage tells us how to have peace with God and how to have the peace of God. How many of you want both? Say amen. Now, the congregation that Jesus was addressing on the day he spoke this was probably much larger than just his disciples. Perhaps in that crowd that day were the Pharisees and other religious leaders who came to listen to him. Most of the time they came to listen to him because they wanted to find some fault in him because he was so popular and so powerful and so well liked. And because on occasion he rebuked them for their hypocrisy as religious leaders. The crowd probably also consisted of many people who had been listening to the Pharisees tell them what to do and what not to do in order to please God. And after listening to the Pharisees, some of which who were far better at telling people what to do than doing it themselves. Can I get an amen here? Because 
the Pharisees like to look religious. They like to dress religious. They like for people in the marketplace to see their religious garb and how often they go to the temple and, 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 and how holy they were. And Jesus rebuked them one time, some of them who came to judge him. And he said, outside you look like white-walled, white-washed sepulchres, white buildings. But inside you're like dead men's bones because you're putting burdens on people and making noise in their soul figuratively and you yourself are not keeping your own rules. So Jesus calls his followers and his audience that day and this audience today to learn from him how to find peace and rest for our souls. And so I say this to you. Noise, Jesus said, come unto me all ye that labor. The word labor means beaten down, weariness, taking a beating. Have you ever felt like that? Can anybody identify with that? It's like being in a hurricane and the rain is beating against the window pane or beating against the, 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 the roof of the house and the shingles and the wind is blowing it against uh, the, the, the house and it, the, the trees are swaying. And, and he, says, he says that's kind of what it feels like to be, to be weary, labor. Then he, then he says, come unto me those who are heavy laden. And, and by that he means... Heavy laden meaning burdened down like a ship that is overloaded with cargo. And it is, the ship is rather deep in the water in the sense of the size of the ship because the cargo is so heavy. You're down from 65 to 60 and 55 and you go around them and you pass them in a matter of less than a minute. And you're on your way, but they have slowed down because they're heavy laden. And the load is such until they can't pull it at the regular pace. And and I'm saying to you this morning that we all know what it feels like to be at a place where you can't take the pressure any longer. Can I get an amen? We feel as though we're about to go under. And again, Jesus says, it's to you that I'm speaking. Come to me and I will help you. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What an invitation. Come unto me. When's the last time somebody offered to carry your burden? When's the last time somebody offered to pay your bill? When's the last time somebody offered to heal your marriage? When's the last time somebody offered to help get your son or daughter out of uh, uh, being with the wrong crowd or wrong group or addiction of drug or alcohol? And thank God for people who do that. That is of God. But Jesus said, my invitation to you, regardless of the storms in your life, is to come unto me, all of you that are heavy laden and burdened down. What a wonderful invitation. And I will give you rest. Somebody give a Lord a hand clap in this house. Now, now for just a few moments, and I'm sensitive to time, I want to take an inventory of what causes noise in our soul. But before I do that, I want you to turn in your Bibles. It's not on the screen, but if you could hurriedly turn in your Bible to the Psalm or Psalms and go to chapter number 40, 
which I always ask you to bring your Bible to church because I don't have all the scriptures I use in a message on the screen. I want you to bring your Bible. I want you to write in your Bible. And I want you sometimes to be so blessed that when I read a verse like this, three verses in Psalm 40, that you could take your pen and beside those verses write 7-7-13, which is today's date, which says that's the day that the Lord lifted my heavy burdens by this power of His Word. Psalm 40 verse 1. David said, I waited patiently for the Lord and He inclined to me and heard my cry. Listen to this. He inclined to me and heard my cry. I'm trying to tell you that God is waiting for you to call on Him. That God has an inclination. He has a propensity. He wants to hear your voice. Oh, but pastor, there are about 7 billion people in the world and everybody's got a problem and so many are praying and if I started to pray, God wouldn't hear me. Let me tell you something. He invites you. David said, He inclined to me and heard my cry. And verse 2, look at this, verse 2, Psalm 40. He also brought me out of a horrible pit and out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock. Verse 2, the word horrible pit literally means a pit of noise. And maybe you too feel as though that you are in a pit of noise. Hey, it doesn't have to be noisy for you to have noise. It do, there don't have to be trumpets and drums and, and there doesn't have to be microphones and amplifiers in a concert or at the mall or the marketplace or the bank or in the traffic for there to be noise. You can be sitting in solitude beside a placid lake feeding the ducks and there can be noise in your soul, a horrible pit of noise. And, 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 but oh, don't stop there. Look at verse number three, because this is says what, he, what the Bible says he wants to do. He has put a new song in my mouth. Oh, somebody help me here. Even praise to our God. Many will see it and fear and will trust in the Lord. You listen to me, church. God wants to bring you out of the noises in your head, the distractions in your mind, the pressure and storms you're in, and He wants to give you a brand new song that's not about moaning and groaning and complaining and woe is me and nobody knows the trouble I see, but He wants to put a new song in your mouth even praise unto God so that you can trust Him and in spite of how you feel, if you will praise Him, He will show up. Somebody help me praise the Lord. Let, let me hasten. What, what, what are some of the noises that distract us and keep us from joy? What's, what's some of the noises you, you, that's going on in your head even now? That keeps us from rest and peace. Are there sounds of anxiety and fear in your soul? 
Anxious thoughts, brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, are thoughts of worry. Worry goes something like this. See if you can identify. Worry asks the question, Why if this ha- what if this happens? And what if that happens? And those thoughts make you feel very vulnerable and uncertain. Worry says stuff like this. I can't lose control of this. And so and so is going on over there. And so and so is going on over there. And what's going to happen? And anxiety and fear in your soul says, I'm out of control. It's noisy. What is it that keeps you from rest and peace? Are there, write this down, are there sounds of discouragement and despair in your soul? Are there sounds of hopelessness? Do you ever ask yourself the question, what's the use? I may as well give up. There's no hope. I'm not going to get any better. It's always going to be this way. Are there sounds of defeat in your mind? Is what you're going through a physical illness to which the devil likes to remind you? It happened with your great-grandfather. It happened with your grandfather. It happened with your father. And it's happening in you. And it just must be a curse. And therefore he brings despair and hopelessness. And pretty soon it turns into self-pity. What are the noise and sounds that keeps you from having rest in your soul this Sunday? Number three, are there sounds of anger and frustration in your soul? Anger is generally fueled by frustration and hurt or fear. There's probably not a one of us here that hasn't been hurt by someone or something. There probably hasn't been a one of us here who haven't thought like this. Please play for me a sad melody so sad that it makes everybody cry. I feel like crying now. You know, play one of those somebody done somebody wrong songs. That creates noise in your soul. You know what creates noise in your soul if somebody hurts you and you keep nursing it and rehearsing it? I feel a whoop glory coming on. (laughs) Nobody has escaped being hurt and anger comes in. And listen to this. Are, Are there sounds, number four, of bitterness and hatred in your soul? I can't believe this has happened again. I poured my life into this job. I poured my life into this marriage and I get treated like dirt. That's not fair. And when the noise of bitterness and hatred come in your soul, sometimes contempt rises up and we want revenge. When that noise comes up, we we say to ourselves, I won't let that happen again. I'll get even. I'll get back somehow, somewhere. Nobody is going to get away with that. And when you nurse it, your anger, your hurt, your pain, your disappointment, when you nurse and rehearse your bitterness, all you're doing is giving the devil more room to make your yoke heavy. Come on, help me preach here, somebody. 
Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. When you are tempted to be angry and bitter and nurse it and rehearse it and curse it, say in the name of Jesus, devil, you will not give noise in my soul. I will quote a scripture. I will sing a song, but I'm not going to have nightmares. I'm going to let God take care of my soul. Somebody give the Lord some praise. Noise. Are there sounds of lust and greed in your soul? Is your mind filled with thoughts of illicit sexual pleasure and experiences, things that you know you should not be indulging in and lusting for? Brothers and sisters, we create noise in our souls when we plan to get pleasure from things and in ways that are inconsistent with God's word and plans for our lives. Can I get an amen? I, I tell you, there can be lust and greed. And the way our world is, it is it's such a way that the devil will say to you, it's okay if you do it one time. Oh, it's okay if you do it two or three times. Not only will the devil show you, even though the Holy Spirit says, no, no, don't go there, don't do that, don't touch that. Can I get an amen, somebody? I mean, I mean, don't, don't, even, don't even try it. The Bible says, shun the very appearance of evil. Don't even tempt yourself. But you know what the devil will say? Well, I give you a plan how to cover it up. Then you've added more noise to your soul. The temptation is already noise, and then the devil gives you a plan how to cover it up. But be assured, be assured you may hide it from your mama, your daddy, your husband or wife, that sin that the Holy Spirit said not to do, but you went ahead and formed your plan. And next thing you know, you've done it and gotten away, and you think, oh, that worked out, plan worked out, I'll, I'll do it again. Your mama may not know, your daddy may not know, the police may not know, your pastor may not know, your husband or your wife may not know, your parents may not know. But this is what the Bible says. Be sure your sin will find you out. That's what, that's what the Bible says. David committed adultery with another man's wife. To cover it up when she conceived, he murdered, had her husband murdered. And for one solid year, he thought his plan worked and it was covered up. Until one day the man of God showed up at his house, Nathan the prophet. And Nathan didn't come to have a social conversation with him. Nathan came with a noisy soul and said to David, You, you are the man that have sinned against God. And for one year... David thought he had it covered up. But when you read some of his psalms during that one year time, his soul was troubled. Some of the most, some of the most saddest psalms you could read comes from a soul that sins and tries to cover it up and act as if everything is all right. But I tell you, if God shows you that you've sinned, then you bow your head or you bend your knees and right then you repent 
and you ask God to forgive you and God will forgive you and you can go on your way without the noise of sin in your soul. How many know sin is noisy? Brian, just a little more monitor, brother. Pastor's also noisy. And now, um, what about this? Are there sounds of guilt and shame in your soul? Do you know one of the devil's job is to tell us when we are saved, we're not saved? Come on, help me here. You know one of the devil's job is when we sin and backslide and we come back to God and ask God to forgive us, for him to say, God is not going to forgive you. Do you know one of the devil's job is for you to, to take the Bible and make you think God wants to beat you over the head with the Bible? And, and beat you down and send you to hell. God did not create hell for any human being. He created it for the devil and his angels. But human beings go there by choice, by rejecting the gift of salvation through the blood of Jesus Christ, stepping over His shed blood, stepping over the cross, shaking their finger in the face of Christ and saying, I have nothing to do with you. That's how one, that's how one goes to hell by rejecting Christ. But my, my point is to you today is that when you've sinned, after you save, you'll slip, you'll stumble, you'll fall. The Bible, however, says you don't have to have noise after you've confessed your sins with guilt and shame because there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. Can I get an amen? How many ever been forgiven? Would you give a Lord a hand clap here? Look at this. This, 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 this will be noise in your soul. Are there sounds of possessions and positions in your soul? Our souls get very noisy with the daily responsibilities of being a husband or a wife, a parent. Our souls get very noisy with being an employer or an employee or a leader. Our minds are filled with, with, filled with thoughts of to-do to, to list strategies and planning. Some of you are in responsibilities where, where you are over a budget of $10,000 a week. Or maybe you're over a budget of a, in your company of, of 100000 And maybe you have 50 people who work under you. Maybe you're over a budget of $10 million. And, and, and maybe you have your own business and you have all the responsibilities and taxes, etc. And it can create noise in your soul. And not only that, but, but in this age we're living in with a lot of this reality TV. We, we look at reality TV from these rich Hollywood types. And they're driving fancy brand new cars. They, they've got the best clothes, the designer clothes. They've got the shiny diamonds. And, and they got, they, they, they've got the, uh, a house here and a house here. And, and they've got folks uh, just taking care of them uh, hand and foot, so to speak. These reality shows, they call them. You know, the, is it the Kardashians or the Krashdashians? Who are they? They're both. To watch their show, you'll crash your life. Yeah, you go ahead and clap. If you ain't clapping, I'm watching to see. And, and Hollywood makes us think that this life is just, just, just so easy and, and so grand. And Hollywood makes us, it creates in one's heart a, a lust for things and possessions. 
And next thing you know, we don't have the money to afford it, but we want to be like somebody else. We want our kids to, our kids want to be like somebody else's kids. And so we burn up the credit card and we spend 12% interest and 20% interest. And we spend money that we don't have for certain kind of clothing, certain kind of appliances, certain kind of car, certain kind of house. I'm preaching now. We don't mind paying the credit card company 20% when God only asks for 10% and we don't even give them that. I'm just trying to be nice now. And you'll always, you have to go refinance and refinance because whenever you take what is God's money to fulfill the noise of things and pleasure, then God can't bless you. But if you'll give God what is His and you live humbly, and if you can't afford the new car right now, just pray over the clunker for another week. And work a few extra hours. And save up enough money for a down payment on a new car or used car so you can afford to go to bed at night not worried about what creditor is going to call you the next day. Isn't it terrible every time the phone rings, the cell phone or your home phone you got to look and make sure it ain't a Visa, a MasterCard, or your mama. Because you borrowed from her too. Just, just having a little, just having a little. Borrowed money for is in our yard sale Saturday. Fads. We want to look like the in crowd. We want to feel like the in crowd. We want to give an impression. And that creates noise. Listen, the Hollywood types say your body's got to look a certain kind of way. And it's good to have a healthy body. And it's good to exercise. And I commend you for doing that. But listen, you're valuable to God. I used to think, man, I wish I was. I'm five feet struggling to be seven inches tall. I used to think, I wish I was 6'2", tall, had a head full of hair, could play the piano and preach at the same time. I can't stand those kind of preachers. I, I hate them. They're noisy. And I'm only having fun with you. I don't hate them. You lay in your bed. I could lay in my bed all night thinking, I'm growing. I got, now I'm 5'8", now I'm 5'9". I feel hair, I feel hair. And it won't do a thing in the world. If you just thank God that you are six foot above the ground, five foot above the ground, three feet above the ground, however tall you are, if you just thank God that you got air in your lungs and seeing in your eye and hearing in your ear and dancing in your feet and taste in your mouth and your soul is saved and you're on your way to heaven and quit trying to be like somebody else you will find rest for your soul give the Lord a clap somebody uh, 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 there are noise all around us there are noise of addictions. There, there are people, noise of, 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 that lead people into drugs and alcohol and binging and purging and self-starvation and self-mutilation. 
and pornography and theft and illicit affairs, lying spirits, sexual abuse, noise lead people into all of those things. Hey, listen, if you don't want to pierce your tongue and put something there because that's not your thing, don't do it. Here I go. I'm going to lose some people. I'm not against. Listen, I'm not saying you're going to hell to do that. If you don't want to pierce your eyelid and put something on your lip or your nose, belly button. But it's what's in, preacher, pastor. If that ain't you, don't be that. If you don't... Some... If you don't want a tattoo. Oh, I was preaching good till I started. Now, if you get one, make sure it's decent. You know, I'm not saying you're going to hell if you have a tattoo or tattoos. Sometimes I've heard a voice and I heard a tattoo talking because the, the guy was covered from head to toe. There's a talking tattoo. I'm not against it. But you don't have, if that's not you, you don't have to do that. Can I get an amen? It's just like, it's just like I got, I'm going to quit in a moment. I'm, I'm, I'm 56 years old, but I got two son-in-laws who are in the prime of their life, around age 30 or so. We go to the lake. We go as a family, you know, a couple summers ago. We come upon the bank where there's a tree on the bank and limbs overhanging. And attached to the limb is a rope. And at the end of the rope, there's a piece of wood, which you know what I'm talking about, that you secure the wood and you stand on the bank, you climb up actually part of the tree, and then you hold on and you swing out. Jump in. My, one of my son-in-laws, man, he did that and he swung out and he flipped. Well, the other son-in-law, he went up, jumped out, swung out there further. They're just agging each other. I go up there. There's something in me that says, you idiot. <laughs> but there's something in me that says, I'll show them. I'm climbing higher and it seems like the lake is further and further <laughs> out that way. And the what if goes, what, 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 what if you let go of this thing before it gets off on the water and you hit your <laughs> What if you come back? But I already committed now. My wife was there. My daughters were there. My grandson was there. My son-in-laws were there. Bless God. It's the last time in my life I'll ever do anything that stupid. I barely got it done. So what are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying, get some rest. Sit in the boat, munch on some chips. And take a picture of your idiot son-in-laws. You know? You shall, 
I'm, I'm trying to close. Just because everybody else is going to the divorce court, why don't you, why don't you give God another chance? Why don't you go get some counseling? Both of you together, go get some counseling. You really shouldn't forgive him, or you really shouldn't forgive her in your flesh. But won't you pray about it a little bit more? And don't let bitterness be in your soul. How do you calm the noise? I got more pages than I got time. A Godward gaze. Can you put it on the screen? You, you, you calm the noise by, by Jesus said, come unto me. Somebody say amen. Uh, in other words, you don't look to yourself. You look to God. Jesus says you calm the noise in your soul and write the scripture down and read it later, okay? Write the scripture, John 15, verses 4 and 5. And I'm going to close. John 15, 4 and 5, Jesus says, If you abide in me and I in you. Pardon me, he said, not if, but abide in me and I'll abide in you. He says, if you abide in my word, my word will abide in you. He says, he, he, Jesus is the vine and we are the branches. And if the branches are separated from the vine, the branch is going to die. But if the branch stays with the vine, the branch produces the fruit. Right, right, write the scripture down and, and read it later. The word of God says in Proverbs 3, 5 through 8, do not trust in yourself. But it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will direct your part. It's a Godward gaze. How do, you, how do you find rest for your soul? Do not be self-dependent. Can I get an amen? Do not look to yourself. Look to God. Don't let pride get in the way. Don't let pride says. I'm my own man. I'm my own woman. I'm in head. I'm in charge. I don't have to. I won't. I want. I will. Pride whines. Pride brags and boasts. Pride keeps us from... Jesus said, this is how you ought to be. Jesus said, come to me because I am meek and lowly. Can I get another amen? Jesus says you should find rest for your soul because if you are like me, take those notes, if you're like Jesus. You ever found Jesus sitting by someplace on a rock, wringing his hands and shaking his head and saying, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Where is Peter? You never can find Peter when I need him. Andrew, Andrew, did you do what I told you to do? Where's Thomas? Thomas, you, you ever find Jesus anywhere worried about anything? He says, I want you to learn how to be meek and lowly. Let me govern you. Let me cover you. Let me lift your burdens. Can I get an amen? Put your, yeah, hold on to me now, okay? Because <laughs> I'm going to lose the point if you don't. <laughs> Jesus says, yoke up. Yes. Yoke up with me. Hitch up with me. So if you start to fall down, <laughs> you got me? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs>
yoke up when the storms blow, when the marriage is on the rocks, when the bank won't give you the loan, and the foreclosure looks like it's going to be sure, or the doctor says there's a spot on the x-ray, and you start to fall back. Jesus says, my yoke is easy, and my burden. Everybody, give the Lord a hand clap. Stand up. Stand up. Thank you. Stand up to your feet and give the Lord a hand clap. Come on. Come on. Stand up to your feet. Oh, I praise you, Lord. Come on. Yoke up. Yoke up. Yoke up with Jesus. Yes, my yoke is easy. Yes, my burden is light. Hallelujah. Come prayer team. If I got any elders in here too, come help us pray. Look, here's what I got to do. Because the Spirit says do it. I'm not, we're not embarrassing you. I wouldn't embarrass you and point you out. Because I know how it feels if one's not prepared. But I have a part in the noise in my soul. But look here, listen to me. We all have a decision to make. I have a part in my own healing. I have to make the decision to receive Jesus' invitation when he says, Come unto me. And if I don't come unto him and yoke up with him and ask him to teach me to be meek, and lowly then I'll carry the burden I'll find no rest can I get an amen here it's amazing what God will bring you through if you'll yoke up with him bow your heads first if you're not born again you may think you are at rest but the noise in your soul will never be silenced as it should be, as you ought to live without the peace of God that comes through salvation. And if you've strayed away from God, not only do you create noise in your soul, you create noise in other people's soul without even realizing it. But it's time to come back and say, God, forgive me. Wash me again. And give me your peace. And then there are, there are those of you here this morning. You've tried a lot of things. And you have been burdened and heavy laden. And the Lord says, I'm talking you're saved. You've been saved five years, ten years, twenty years. Life is doing stuff to you. And you haven't had a joyful moment in a long time. Really joyful and peaceful. And you already save it, but you got to say, you know what, I'm going to leave that chair and I'm going to go down to that altar and I'm going to lift my hands and praise God and yoke up with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. I'm going to yoke up with God. I'm going to go down there. I'm going to leave here changed in Jesus' name. I'm going to ask you to now look this way. I'm just changing. I'm just flowing the Spirit. If you just need rest for your soul, for whatever, for your healing, your body, your marriage, if you need rest for your soul, for your job, for your children, for your in-laws, rest for your soul, for, for whatever it is, or rest for somebody else, come. Come to the front. Just start coming. Just start coming. When you come, just lift up your hands and begin to tell him. Say, Lord, I'm, I'm yoking up with you. Come on, come on, come on. I, I, I believe tens and twenties of you. Come on. I'm, this, we're not taking a movie of who's coming, not coming. We just, you got to make a decision. Do I want it or not want it? Go ahead. Congratulate them. Bless them. Come. Somebody's going to pray with you. 
Brother Sammy, find your, your team and come, come on, keep coming. Come on, sing, my brother. Sing, sing. Come on, come on. Come on, when, when, once you come, you start praying. Some of our other Christian spirit-filled believers, some of our other church leaders and ushers and elders, Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit smmcog.com.